Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to the Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. When I was 18 years old, I went off to college and my roommate was Scott. He had a girlfriend, Beth. They were sexually active. They knew I was a Christian. And one day they said, Tom, do you think it's wrong that we're having sex outside of marriage? And my response was, well, you plan on getting married. And then they said, well, do you think abortion is wrong? And I said, well, who knows when the spirit enters the unborn child? And, you know, I think I was a Christian back then, but very confused. My problem was my mind was still conformed to the world. Romans 12 to Paul the Apostle writes, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And, you know, I, I will tell you this. Um, a, a professor, uh, C.E.B. Cranfield, wrote this about Romans 2. The Christian may and must, and by the enabling of the Holy Spirit, can resist the pressures to conformity with this age. This command is something which he needs to hear again and again. It must ever be a greater part of the content of Christian preaching as long as the church is on earth. For the pressures to conformity are always present so that the Christian often yields quite unconsciously. The Christian has always to confess that to a painfully large extent his life is conformed to this age. Instead of going on and complacently allowing himself to be molded by the world, he is now to yield himself to a different pressure, to the direction of the Holy Spirit. So let's do that today for this program. Let's do some deprogramming. I want to share with you seven lies that the world tells us from which even we Christians need to be deprogrammed. Would you take out your Bible and let's open first with prayer. Father, we want to pray for any lies that we've even unconsciously bought that are wrong, that you would speak to us now, Lord, and, and transform our minds, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Seven lies. You know you've been conformed to the world if you believe lie number one. Here we go. Lie number one. I have the right over my own body. I can have sex with whoever I want. I can do drugs. I can get drunk. In Oregon, Washington, Montana, and Vermont, I can get a doctor to kill me. Of course I can have an abortion because I have the right over my own body. That's a lie from which we need to get deprogrammed. Here is the transforming truth from 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. So Christians watching the show, let your mind be transformed now by this truth. Here's the truth. God owns my body. God made it. I didn't. He owns it. And, and, and 
God is the one who will, will one day recall my body, so doesn't it make sense to follow the manufacturer's instructions? I have a car. I keep my manual in the car. I don't know much about cars, but I follow the manual because I want my car to last, so I change the oil, blah, 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 blah. Well, if God made the human body, don't you think he knows how it works best? You're going to be blessed if you follow the manufacturer's instructions. Now, you can say to God what I saw on a bumper sticker this week, keep your laws off of my body. Well, you can say that to God, but you're maybe not going to live as long. Smith Wigglesworth was a Christian preacher in England, and he one day sent his friend out the door into a rainstorm, and Smith Wigglesworth put his hand on the man's shoulders and said this, Keep that coat well buttoned and get that collar up. Look after that body of yours. It does not belong to you. It belongs to the Lord, and you will be answerable for it at the judgment. <laughs> Let's move to lie number two, from which we need to be deprogrammed. Lie number two, money is my security. As long as I have a nice nest egg in the bank, I'm safe. As long as I've got good retirement funds, I'm safe. And then the doctor tells you you've got a brain tumor, and what will your money do for you? Both my parents died of a brain tumor. Didn't, money didn't do them a thing. And, you know, I'm getting older now, and when I see my retirement funds going up and down according to the stock market, I get nervous, but it's as if the Lord says, Tom, you never should have trusted that money in the bank to begin with. <laughs> so here's the truth. Let your mind be transformed by this truth from 1 Timothy 6. Paul the Apostle writes Timothy, Instruct those who are rich in this present world, which in America is almost all of us when we compare to the rest of the world. Instruct the rich not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who supplies us richly with all things to enjoy. So here's the truth. God is my security. God is my piggy bank. God is my nest egg. As long as I've got God, no matter what happens to the economy, I'm safe. A man was shipwrecked. In the middle of the ocean, he, he clung to this rock sticking out of the water. The next morning, he was rescued. And somebody said to him, weren't you scared all through the night? Didn't you sh shake? And the man said, oh, I shook. The rock didn't. <laughs> you know, I think God is shaking the economy of America and the world. It is going to shake. Make sure you're clinging to the rock, right rock. Line number three, from which we need to be deprogrammed, this is a big one. Line number three, you invent your own truth. I grew up with a girl named Sue. Still, she's a good friend of mine, Catholic girl. We both go off to college, and we come home from college, and I think she didn't go into the details, but she says to me, Tom, what I've learned, maybe sex before marriage is okay for other people. It's not okay for me. And I said to her, Sue, it's not okay for anybody. It's not like they have their truth over here and I have my own truth over here. No, no, no. The truth is the truth for everybody. 
So let your, your mind be transformed by this truth. Jesus said this in, in John 8. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Notice, he didn't say there are 40 truths out there, take your pick. No, there's one truth, absolute truth, that will set you free. So here, be transformed by this truth. Absolute truth exists. Everything is not relative. Somebody said to me, my new age aunt from Arizona is coming to Minneapolis. She's gotten into new age healing, uh, the occult, it's backfired on her. She's scared, some weird things happen. Can she talk to you, Pastor? And I said, sure. The aunt comes into my office and we, we had a talk for an hour and a half. It was hard plowing because this aunt believes in everything. She believes in Jesus and Mohammed and Buddha and Krishna. And, and, I, and I said to her, you can't because they contradict each other. Muslims teach Jesus is not God. Christians teach Jesus is God. They can't both be right. She didn't care. She embraces everything. And, 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 and finally, I, I tried to tell her, absolute truth exists. You don't make up your own truth. I mean, let's say you and I go to the top of the Empire State Building, and you tell me you're going to jump. I say, don't jump. There's this thing called gravity. You'll die. And you say to me, well, I'm gra glad gravity works for you. Gravity is not my truth. And you jump and you die. <laughs> the point is, absolute truth exists and you neglect it to the peril of your soul. Line number four, from which we need to be deprogrammed. I trust my own innate goodness. I drove by a Presbyterian church once, and they had, they had the sign in front of the church, Believe in Yourself. <laughs> and I'm thinking, that pastor thinks that's going to get people in the door? I would never go to a church that told me, Believe in Yourself, because I know what I am. <laughs> so um, I want you to believe this truth, to tra be transformed by this truth. I am a sinner who desperately needs Jesus. That's the truth. The reason I don't trust my inner goodness is because I don't have any. I am a sinner and I desperately need Jesus. I don't know if you've ever seen Ray Comfort, the evangelist on TV, but he'll take a microphone downtown and he'll stop people on the street. Uh, Mr., uh, where do you think you're going when you die? Almost everybody says heaven. And he'll says, uh, he says, well, why do you think you're going to heaven? Almost everybody says, well, I'm a basically good person. And then Ray Comfort takes that person through the Ten Commandments, shows them how in thought, word, and deed, one way or another, they've broken every one of the Ten Commandments. It's uncomfortable. You see people squirming. You see people get real defensive. But sometimes you see people break. And they'll say, yeah, I am in trouble. And then he'll preach the gospel, the good news. And he'll say, yes, you're a sinner, you deserve hell, so do I. But Jesus came down from heaven, lived the perfect life you couldn't, died on the cross to pay for your sins, rose from the dead. If you believe in him, you'll be saved. The, the lie from which we need to be deprogrammed is I'm a basically good person. No, you're not. That new age aunt that was in my office, I couldn't get anywhere with her because she didn't think she was a sinner. She, that was negative, negative thinking. <laughs> and finally I said... Until you understand that you're a sinner and you indeed deserve hell, Jesus and the cross will make no sense to you. Next lie, lie number five. God isn't fun. What's fun 
is the playboy philosophy. You know, just do whatever you want. That's what's fun. And here's the truth. Jesus said this in John 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. In other words, the truth is God is fun. It's the devil who will kill you. The, the truth is Satan isn't fun. Do you know that married men outlive single men by 17 years? I'm, I just I, I, I saw that this morning. Google it yourself. On an average, married men outlive single men by 17 years. So much for the Playboy philosophy, it'll kill you. <clears throat> Line number six. My purpose in life comes from a relationship or from my work. If two women meet on a plane, what do they talk about during the flight? Relationships. My, my husband, my children, my grandchildren. If two men meet on a plane, what do they talk about? Their job, their work. So let's talk to the women first. Women can go blind by a relationship because they want this relationship so bad it blinds them to everything else and pastor I know the Bible says that a Christian should marry a Christian but I've met this boyfriend it just seems so right I'm sure God's all for this and I'll say yeah but the Bible says if you're a Christian marry a Christian I know I'll maybe convert them later I said no 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 the Bible says and women can be blinded by a relationship let's talk about the men men can be blinded by their work it's all they see my dad was a workaholic, and the kids in my family growing up, we suffered because of dad's workaholism. <laughs> and why is it that some men die within a year of retirement? Because their life is their job. And, and so uh, here's the truth. Be transformed by this truth from Philippians 1, where the Apostle Paul says, For me to live is Christ. Here's the, here's the truth. Men with your job, women with your relationships. Here's the truth. My purpose in life comes from a relationship with God. I mean, women, you may never have a husband. That's okay. You have a husband. His name is Jesus. Men, maybe you lost your job. That's okay. You always have a job to serve the Lord Jesus. The truth is, our purpose in life comes from a relationship with God, whether you've got a relationship or a job or not. Last lie, good luck. I've tried to get the words luck and chance out of my vocabulary. I almost, unless I slip, never say good luck anymore because it shows that you think chance runs the universe. Well, here's the truth from Ephesians 1. We have been predestined according to God's purpose who works all things after the counsel of his will. In other words, God runs the universe, not chance. So let yourself be transformed by this truth. God be with you. Instead of good luck on that test tomorrow, it's God be with you tomorrow on that test. Instead of good luck while you're driving around the country on your vacation, no, God be with you as you drive around the country. All right, those are some lies from which we need to be deprogrammed. One final question. Okay, I admit, I, even as a Christian, I've been brainwashed. How do I get a renewed mind? Well, let me quickly share three ways to get a new mind. Remember what Paul said in Romans 12 to, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. The first step in getting a new mind is 
turn off the world. Don't believe what they tell you on The View or on Ellen. Don't watch Jerry Springer. Don't watch some of these awful talk shows. Don't read National Enquirer. Be careful of People Magazine. A steady diet of all this entertainment news crud will warp your mind. You know, and periodically I've gotten the TV set out of my house. I'm healthier for it. Just be very careful what you watch on television. It will pollute you. And, and I'll just say this to parents. <laughs> How can you let Jimmy have a computer in his room? That makes no sense to me. Or even have a TV set in his room. You've got to be careful. When I was little, I could have Leave it to Beaver, uh, Ozzie and Harriet, uh, the Dick Van Dyke Show. Not anymore with MTV. So parents, not only for yourself but for your kids, be very careful what you watch. Turn off the world. The second way to a renewed mind, this is the, the big one, study scripture. I read my Bible every day. Do you read your Bible every day? I need to read my Bible every day, and I do. And I found something on my iPhone. There's a free app called Bible.is. It's free. You put it into your iPhone. And when I can't sleep at night, I push the app, and it'll read the Bible to me. It's great. But flood yourself with Scripture. Turn off the world. Turn on the Bible. Read your Bible every day. And just the last way to get a renewed mind, deep Christian fellowship. You know, I hope you all go to church, and that's very important to every week go to church. But I also hope you have some small group you're part of, or a Bible study, or you have a few friends with whom you can have deep talks about the Lord. <clears throat> My Aunt Dorothy was a German Missouri Synod Lutheran. Conservative woman, kind of reserved. Well, I loved Aunt Dorothy, but I don't know that we ever talked about God. She was dying, and I went to Richmond, Virginia to visit her. And we had the most beautiful long talk about Jesus, the forgiveness of sins, eternal life. And at the end of the talk, she says, Tommy, have you ever had a talk like this? And I felt sad, because I've had lots of talks like that. I got the impression this was Aunt Dorothy's first. I believe she's a woman, Christian woman. I believe she's in heaven. But what, what a sad thing. My hope for you is let God transform your mind by turning off the world, picking up your Bible every day, and get good, deep Christian fellowship. And I close with this. A woman becomes a Christian. Somebody at the office says, well, what's the difference now between you and me now that you're a Christian? And she said, one letter. You love the world. I love the word. Romans 12.2, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And that takes place when you read the word. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, can we talk about trusting God instead of money, which you talked about is conforming in that? Mm -hmm. Are you saying it's wrong for a Christian to have a savings account or a retirement fund? No, but I'm saying it's wrong to ultimately trust that. As a Christian, we have to be aware that any second, God can take our life. And any second, God can take my bank account. 
any second the stock market could crash. So, you know, Jesus talked in one of his parables about investing, and, and I don't think it's a sin to have a bank account or a retirement account. It's a sin to trust that. Uh, a pastor I know talks about the deceitfulness of riches. The Bible talks about the deceitfulness of riches. What riches do, they tempt us to trust them rather than him. That's the problem. Okay, but you're, it is okay for you to plan for retirement. I think though. it is. Okay. I think it is, yeah. All right. And then you said that absolute truth exists, but I guess I have a two-part question here. Aren't there some areas in Scripture that are somewhat gray? Mm -hmm. And I guess, is everything supposed to be clear in the Bible? Okay. Absolute truth exists whether we understand it clearly is a whole different issue. I mean, Jackie, um, there are things in the Bible that are black and white, and we need to be black and white on those areas. There are areas in the scripture that are kind of gray, and we got to just, I mean, for instance, I'm a Lutheran, you're a Lutheran, we baptize infants. I think I can show you biblically where that happened. My Baptist buddies don't think I'm right at all, and they only baptize adults. There's an area that Christians have disagreed on for hundreds of years. It's not crystal clear. Uh, so there's some areas where you just got to say, oh, you know, the Lord will show us. Bi the Bible itself says, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, Now I know in part, then, heaven, I shall understand fully. So where the Bible's gray, we need to be gray. Where the Bible's clear, we need to be clear. So we need to take those things that we question and wait then, right? Sometimes, yeah. Now I know in part. Yep. Okay. So if we're made in God's image... Isn't it right that we should believe in ourselves? When I said about that awful sign in front of the Presbyterian Church, believe in yourself, this positive thinking stuff. I mean, here's the deal. Yes, we were made in God's image, but something happened. It's called the fall. <laughs> Adam and Eve fell from grace in the garden. And, and even so, you know, we still have the image of God in us, but it's been horribly distorted by sin. So am I fearfully and wonderfully made? The Bible says, yes, I am. I mean, it's amazing what this human body can do and what the human mind can do. So there's all that, and that's all true. But you can't forget that we've been horribly flawed by sin. There's a balance there. You know, Pastor Brock, you're talking about that we need to get into the Word and that. I guess, can I ask you, do you have a favorite version mm -hmm. of the Bible mm -hmm. that you like? Yeah. Because I, there are so there, many. There are. My two favorite versions are the English Standard Version, ESV, it's kind of newer, and it's a real good literal translation, translation of the Old Testament Hebrew, New Testament Greek. It's very careful. And the other one that's the same is the New American Standard Bible. What I like about the ESV is they've got a study Bible out that has great footnotes on the bottom of mm -hmm. each page explaining the... So ESV Study Bible and the New American Standard Bible are my favorites. Yeah. Okay. Now... You said, too, that people need to be in a church. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about how do you know if the church you go to is truly a biblical church and not mm -hmm. heretical? Yeah. And, Jackie, if, if people want this, they can go to our website, pastorstudy.org, two S's, pastorstudy.org, and push, push the button that says frequently ask questions because we get this a lot. How do I know if I'm going to a good church? And, and I, well, here's what I say. Ask, you know, let's say you're church shopping. After the service, after the pastor is done shaking hands, go up and say, you know, pastor, I'm visiting, and can I just ask a few questions about the church? And number one, do you believe the Bible is the infallible word of God? 
Do you believe there's a heaven and a hell? You'd be surprised how many pastors don't believe in hell anymore. Do you believe Jesus is the only way to heaven? Do you, tell me your views about premarital sex, abortion, homosexuality. If you get a lot of tap dancing, oh, that's very complex. <laughs> you want to go to another church where they believe in the Bible. Yeah. Okay. All right. Do you have any advice about the best way to study the Bible? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I have my Bible, but I also have Bible commentaries at home. And so when I study the Bible by myself, I don't study it by myself. If I read a difficult verse and think, what on earth does that mean? I have five or six Bible commentaries I can open. That, again, is why the ESV study Bible is good. It's got the commentary on the bottom of each page. So every Christian needs a few good commentaries. So when you read the Bible, read it with some commentaries. Also, uh, read it in communion with other Christians. That's why Christians being in a small group Bible study is a great way to learn the Bible. Okay, if you have those different comments in that though, how do you distinguish which one yeah. is correct? <laughs> that can be, sometimes you've got a difficult verse and you've got five different commentaries with five different interpretations. That, that's when it gets hairy. And you remember what old Pastor Maynard Forrest used to say? He would say, when I come to a Bible difficulty, I read the verse, I look at it, I study it, but sometimes I just have to tip my hat to it, walk around it, and move on. <laughs> Meaning, we're not going to understand everything, but nevertheless, take the time to study, because out of five commentaries, normally four of them do agree on what it really means. But it's the, the hairier stuff is where there are big disagreements, yeah. Pastor Brock, um, you know, th there are so many different churches springing up no, and people don't just church shop. They kind of move between them, and they're mm -hmm. not really grounded. Right. What do you say to people that are doing that rather than making a commitment? Well, I, I think every Christian should be part of a Christian church. Actually, join a church. Don't just bounce around different churches every Sunday. Settle in and join a church. You know, God wants you to serve his church somehow. And if you're going to a different church every Sunday, you can't teach Sunday school, you know. So find some church, settle in, get roots, and, and that's my recommendation. Okay, so people, we only have like 40 seconds okay. left, and uh -huh. um, I think people probably would like to hear what's happening. Sure. We've done some expansion, yep. and maybe you're watching us for the first time and right. wonder how long this has been going. We used to just be on in Minneapolis, and now we're on all over the country on Dish Network and DirecTV, and we're also on in Rochester and uh, Wichita, Kansas on the local stations, but nationally you're probably seeing us on DirecTV and Dish Network. Pray for our ministry. If you want to see this show or others, you can watch them at any time at pastorstudy.org, two S's. And pray about our ministry. We'd love to even reach more people. If the Lord nudges you to send a gift, uh, you'll see the address in a minute. And, uh, and I do speaking. Uh, at very, I'm speaking this weekend at, at a conference. So just if you need a speaker, here I am. So there you go. Thanks for being with us. We pray God would grant you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.